to another edition of Let Me Tell You Something, as myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue our Meltzer five-star project as we watch every match that we can find that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher. And it is the end of an era now, as we alluded to in the previous episode. Uh, Simon has sent me the party invitations. I <laughs> rented out the O2. Uh, <laughs> Crossfest. Yes. And uh, he's got Jordan Peterson there doing a talk and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's the final... See, I'd be more offended if I actually remembered which one he was. <laughs> he's the Canadian. The talk's like this and you're out your bloody mind, eh? Right. <laughs> um, and Akira Hakuto uh, is a one of the entrants and it's the one and only appearance that she's made. Some will say unfortunately. And she's facing off against someone who has... Let me just get this up right now. How many matches has she had in this series so far? Drum roll, please. Making her eighth and final appearance. It is Manami Toyota. I can't imagine... that There can't possibly be another Joshi wrestler that's had more five-star matches than her. No. But Akira Hakuto is a very interesting figure in the history of Joshi Wrestling. She was a first ballot entry in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in the year 2000. Uh, with Along the likes of Shinya Hashimoto, Steve Austin, Mick Foley, and others. That is a stacked class. Yeah. So let's, let's give you a little bit of a bio for Akira Hakuto. Nicknamed Dangerous Queen, her short career on top still was enough to probably justify her rank as one of the top women wrestlers who ever lived. Born Hisaka Uno on July 13th, 1967, so she's about 29 at this point, 28. A small town in Satima, Saitama, sorry. Uh, she played softball in high school, but showed up at the New Japan Dojo with a friend during the height of the Crush Gals phenomenon. And after meeting Kunyaki Kobayashi, another previous five-starer, uh, she dropped out of high school and joined the All Japan Women's Dojo and debuted a month before her 18th birthday. Within a few months, she was getting a push, winning the Women's Junior title from Condor Saito on March 20th, 1986 in her first title challenge. She graduated all the way to 3WA tag titles on April 1987, with a win over Leilani Kai and Judy Martin, the glamour girls of the WWE, uh, but quickly lost them to Yumi Ogura and Kazue Nagahori 12 days later. Uh, in a match where Ogawa gave Akuto a tombstone pile driver off the middle ropes in the second fall and legitimately broke her neck. Jesus. Uh, she came back and wrestled the third fall, literally holding her head on her neck oh. her hands, oh. while attempting to finish the match and doing all the planned spots. footage oh. is some of the most remarkable in pro wrestling history. That's first... an interesting word to use. Disturbing, yes. I can imagine. 
Uh, it was the first time that second rope tombstone was ever done in Japan and may have been the last as well. She was immediately told her career was over and she would never wrestle again and she actually threatened suicide climbing out of the hospital window and standing on the ledge. Gee, this is mental. She came back seven months later. <laughs> you just can't... Oh, she must have just been drinking gallant... Well, no, they don't really have a lot of milk over there. I, I, where's the calcium come from for that? Mm. Uh, after the retirement of Linus Asuka broke up the, glamour, the, the Crush Gals, who were the three WA tag title holders, Hakuto tagged up with Mika, um, uh, someone called Manami. I can't find her. Uh, Minami, sorry. Um, whose name? Oh, uh, Suzuka Minami. Uh, won a tournament to crown the new champs and held the titles um, for all of 1990 and the last six months of 1989. She had classic matches, but not enough for Meltzer to give any of them five stars. With the likes of Manami Toyota, Bull Nakano, Aja Kong, Kyoko Inoue, and Toshio Yamada. During the comeback period for the promotion, at which point the wrestling quality of the top matches blew away nearly anything in wrestling. Without question, the defining moments of her career were two matches with Shinobu Kandori in 1993. The latter was a retirement match that she lost drawing both the first women's sellout of the Yokohama Arena and later the first sellout of Sumo Hall in Tokyo. So she was a legit draw. Um, the retirement was largely because she had married a Mexican wrestler and was moving to Mexico to live with him, as well as the accumulation of many ne- in-ring injuries. Like breaking her neck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But the marriage didn't last. She returned to Japan in March 1994, selling out the Yokohama Arena for Wrestling Queendom Night 2 by teaming with Kandori against Kong and Nakano. Uh, she won the CMLL women's title in July 94 under a mask. Um, and she held that for more than two years before vacating it after leaving Mexico for good. That allowed her to return to Japan to become the biggest star on the biggest re- women's wrestling show ever. At, and the Tokyo Dome before 42,500 fans. I think that was the one that we saw the Aja Kong Manami Toyota match in. <clears throat> uh, where she won the five star tournament, beating Eagle Sawai, Dynamite Kanzai, and Aja Kong. Maybe it was a separate one then. Uh, she wrestled in that big North Korean event in front of 150,000 fans. Is that the one that was in conjunction with WCW? Yeah. That was the night that she met Kensuke Sasuke. And before their night was over, their first date ended up in an engagement. Jeez. Well, mind you, after after you've nearly like ended up in a wheelchair and like you know nearly thrown yourself off the side of a hospital, I guess you know you just want to get on with things, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you've already gone through one failed marriage. By this point, Hakuto would need numerous pain-killing injections just to perform. She married Sasuke, quit All Japan Women to join the Gaia promotion, a G A E A. And gave birth to a son on November 1997, not returning to the ring until summer of 99. Uh, she did win the WCW uh, Women's Championship, the one and only time it was contested, uh, beating Akira Hokoto. Uh, not Akira Hokoto, that's her. Uh, beating Medusa. Um, but the title was never defended or bothered within WCW after they bothered creating it in the first place, because WCW, that's what they do. Yep. So, that's been a quick bio for her. She's obviously a very remarkable woman. She continues to wrestle occasionally to this day. 
uh, her and Kensuke Sasuke are essentially free agents that work within their own office. They have their own dis- disciple, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima, who's done various things in New Japan, Noah, All Japan, and all sorts of places. So, um, she's, and she, I will say, I loved her entrance get up. Oh, yeah. The Black Bride, which I think yeah. might be a, a like, um showing as a like a mirror contrast to Manami Toyota who would often turn up in sort of a white bride look sort of like how uh, Taker and Michaels um well Michaels did that uh, big like evangelical preacher style white get up for one of the entrances yes, yes. and of course Mordecai was meant to be like a an opposite of the undertaker and he was the opposite in that he had no wrestling talent whatsoever apparently <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true because then he became that vampire, Kevin Thorne. That that was his gimmick. And that vampire. That vampire, Kevin Thorne. That ruddy vampire there. <laughs> I will say, with these last two Joshi matches, they've done stuff that sometimes we've criticised other matches for not doing in the Joshi. Yeah. In that they bring in emotional um, stakes, because more than any other match, even more than the Aja Kong Manami Toyota matches... This felt like they really, really wanted to beat the shit out of each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, one big thing um, in this is the amount of hair pulling. But yes. not hair pulling in a catfight way. Hair pulling in a, I'm going to wrench your head from your shoulders kind of way. Just another which way to now, hurt you, yeah. Yeah, which now I know what I know about um, uh, Hakuto is actually even more terrifying when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, like Toyota attacks before the bell as she makes her entrance, which actually doesn't work out for her. Hakuto is able to uh, reverse it, uh, evade the attack, and hit her own dive. Yeah, that's one thing which is great for the live crowd. And obviously, I, I'm not holding this against the, the women, but the camera, the, the production truck really screwed the pooch on that, didn't yeah. they? Because it cuts to this like wide shot. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they did then they shake hands. But then Hakuna yeah. just pulls her in for a backdrop. I think, you know, Toyota, you should have learned your lesson there. <laughs> that was yeah. a strange bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they went with it, because it seemed like so much it was defined by they must have hated each other before the match started, that they would go for a handshake. Yeah. Was a bit well, I can't imagine that Black Bride stuff was, like, readily available. That yeah. had to be made. For the yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a fast opening. There's dives. There's evasions. Then Toyota hits a trademark hip-destroying missile dropkick to the outside. Um, but then, then they go to the mats, and like you say, it's like usually, like they they do well wrestled mat wrestling with an intensity. But this, they just start slapping the shit out of each other. Yeah, like you say, it's not quite cat fighty, but it's sort of the moves that would you would associate with a cat fight. Yeah, slapping and hair pulling, and you know, I'm I'm sure uh, some men will enjoy that, <laughs> and some women, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just it's they walk that line very well though. Of uh, it's just anything I can do to hurt yeah. you, as opposed to like the WWE like glamorous sort of all corrugated flip, corrugated choreographed flip. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's more like a Steve Austin Bret Hart sort of hatred trying to hurt yeah. each other, something like that. Uh, Toyota does like a hair ringer. You know the old arm ringer move that was a common one back in when I used to start watching wrestling. That was one of the yeah. moves just everyone did. Uh, but she does like. She twists her by her hair and then does a stat mare by her hair as well. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Hakotu's then like re- returns fire with some really nasty looking... Some, like, her sharpshooter, she has got Toyota just bent. 
There oh, is the no... talk on that is yeah, insane. There is no like, like it's not like the rock where the legs barely elevated. Yeah, the leg is like at a ninety degree angle to her back. It is a great looking like uh, variant of it. And then she it... does a camel clutch, which she then just decides to make a hair pull camel clutch. Yeah, and that. That's a, that's a while that, that she's in the camel clutch as well, isn't it? It's not like uh, a hot minute. That That is being yanked on for a fair bit. There are a couple of awkward bits where Hakotu basically accidentally drops Toyota on her head. Uh, one when she goes for a reverse brain buster. Yeah, is it the first one where she doesn't yeah, get the lift? Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Another one when uh, there's an attempt at a reverse Hurricane Rana. Which I've never, I've never liked that movie. Oh, the Spike Rana. Yeah, I've never really liked it. I wanted to save it for a match coming up, which was really one of the ones that popularized it as a move that loads of people wanted to use. But my problem with the Reverse Rana, where they, where they, 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 they're based on your shoulders in an electric chair position, and they do the back, go back down, is that it's the person receiving the move that basically has to do all of the work. Yeah, they have to do a standing somersault, which has to look like they've landed on their head. Whilst not landing on their on head, their if they head. can avo- utterly avoid it. Yeah. Well, most of the re- most wrestling moves are down to the work of the recipient, not the giver. But yes, this is like an extreme. But you know ask. what I mean. Usually, there needs to be a negotiation, and there needs to be effort, and 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 the person doing the move will still be making an effort to not hurt their opponent. Yeah. If they're doing their job right. But you can't, there's no way of doing the reverse runner where you can help your opponent not get injured, I don't think. Unless you do it like uh, the Bailey Sasha Banks way, they did it off the top rope, where that gives you space to do the, to do the elevation, yeah. you know, to, to make the full rotation. Yeah, I, I get your point, because obviously you're not going to get that just on top of someone's shoulders. You, you won't, there physically isn't the room to operate. Yeah. Um,. What's also noticeable was back when we were first watching Manami Toyota matches, that her ocean cyclone suplex was basically... God dear. Yeah, and now it's getting kicked out of in most matches. Uh, and it does get kicked out of by Hakotu in this match. Um, and then the tables get involved. Again. And this was where it kind of lost me. I was really enjoying the match, but the pace sort of slows down a bit whilst they're going to have to try and sort out all of the... Table it, it did take a while, didn't it? It, yeah. it wasn't like a smooth transition. And what I, I know because their Japanese tables are different, and because they are like ready set, like they don't have the collapsible legs. Mm. It just storage-wise, you've just got problems there, haven't you? I mean, you just got to lift over sailing as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very narrow. Yeah. Um. And so Toyota does a top rope splash on a. Ta- um, on uh, Hakotu, but again, I am the table! Uh, and the ring crew then returns the table to where it was. <laughs> I love that bit. Such a, That is so Japan. Yeah, that is a very <laughs> Japanese thing to do. Oh, just, they just cannot abide any mess or disorder. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hakotu then dodges a running somersault springboard plancher. So Toyota's just wiped out by that. Yeah. And then uh, Hakutu returns the favour with the table spots with a powerbomb on the table. And then a top rope senton that looks like she just sat her whole weight onto Toyota. But it's made to look like it's a move that hurts them both because they both... The referee forces both women back into the ring. Yeah. 
It's a very, you know, a very, um, even Tommy Young would think that's a, moving your jurisdiction a bit higher than it should be. Oh, well. I am the law, Judge yeah, Dredd. I guess. Uh, but yeah, the ref forces both women into the ring and they both get to their feet and it's Toyota, the one that received the last move, that hits two big Northern Lights bombs, which ironically were Kensuke Sasuke's finishing moves. Mm. Um, but obviously Kakutu hadn't hooked up with uh, Sasuke at that point. And that's good enough for the three counts. Or had they? Actually, they had hooked up at that point. I think the North Korea show was in 95, wasn't it? So, yes, yeah. 94 or 95. 95, yeah. so yeah, they are. And this is 96, so yeah. Uh, and Toyota wins the match. Using and... her um, a rival's partner's uh, finisher. Yes, but I don't know whether that's common knowledge at that point yet. True, true. Um, and that was a hell of a match. Uh, but not quite five stars. No, no. Uh, it's just... Yeah, yeah. I think your point. I think you nailed it on the head with the pacing. It's the yeah. moment they started getting the uh, foreign objects involved, it just lost its luster a little bit in terms of pacing. But there is an emotional uh, connection, and there's a there's a there's a real drive to win. Yeah. In this match that sometimes you don't feel in some of the Joshi match, or at least you don't feel like um, that there's an extending story to it. Like you've had it with the Aja Kong. Um, uh, Toyota matches. Toyota matches, where it's the David and Goliath thing. One of which you gave five stars to. Yep. Uh, this is what a feminist looks like. T-shirt whilst you're <laughs> doing it. And again, <laughs> and I gave one to the Dynamite Kanzai tag team matches, which did include Toyota as well. So we have both given a Toyota match five stars, and like we say, Toyota's a phenomenal athlete. And she can get the crowd emotionally connected. But I think there's just some bad habits being formed in Joshi that would then really be even worse when you get to the indie scene and, and things yeah. like that. Like, you know, I always say the apex that I've seen was when Leo Rush did a somersault powerbomb off the top of a ladder through a table and then just stood up. Which apparently wasn't his call. Someone's on Twitter gone on Twitter to defend him and say he didn't... It wasn't his decision to do that spot, but um, but you know what I mean. That yeah, just hit everything, and if you kick out of everything, that makes you a better wrestler than all the other wrestlers that have ever lived. You know, oh, look at Luthers; he lost to a backdrop. You know, yeah, I'll hit five backdrops. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's the, well, we're kind of seeing that with the back suplex because it's obviously yeah. this great revered move in Japan, yeah, yeah. but never well, puts like, anyone away. <laughs> No, but variants of it. Now it's like the backdrop driver in Japan with like yeah. Steve Williams. That was Steve Williams' way to finish off Mitsuhara Masawa. But yeah, that is, I think what's key, is, I think what we need to take from Joshi is that it proved that women can be a draw. Yeah. Um, and it proved that if women are given an opportunity, they can have matches every bit as exciting, explosive... They don't look any more out of place. They don't look out of place in that in that ring. They bring a connection because there was a big old Twitter row with the guy who inspired this uh, series, Alan Cheapshot, where he said that New Japan should be ashamed that they don't have women wrestlers on their show. And I agree with him insofar as I don't. I think New Japan should look to have a women's division. Yeah. Because I don't see how it loses you business. It only gains you business. 
Yeah, well, and it can give the other guys a bit of a break. You're not relying yeah, on your male exactly. roster so much. They can have some more shows where they're in <laughs> six man, eight man, ten man tags, and not have, and then the women can have ones. But it also suggests that like women get to main events every show of a Joshi event. Yeah. They, you know, and then you're having to work within the confines. Of, I mean, I'm sure it is men who ran and operated most of these Joshi promotions, hence the mandatory 26-year-old retirement <laughs> age that was in existence until fairly recently. I mean, that's the crazy. That's one of the things about Hakuto that people noted that she's one of the few Japanese women wrestlers that came and wrestled after she'd had children. Yeah, probably shouldn't have though with that neck injury. Well, she, yeah, but that's that's not because she's a goddamn woman. It's because she needs to have a neck. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I thought, yeah, this was um, this was a well wrestled match, and Joshi, I think, it, it's it's depressing, it's annoying that there hasn't been, and I I've seen at least one women's match that I would give five stars to. Um, so we might discuss that in a in a debrief episode. That being the. Sasha Banks, Bailey, NXT TakeOver match. Um, and obviously Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte main eventing a WrestleMania. Um, it, it shows that it's it's a very long, long journey and it shouldn't have taken this long, but we will get there eventually. And yeah. maybe New Japan getting women's wrestlers will be but But then you got to, you know, it's weird. It's changing the cult, a culture that's been ingrained for so long. But, you know, Times change, cultures change. Um, I mean, yeah, but is there an argument that if New Japan did it, but did it like they'd have to do it wholeheartedly, and they would, they'd have to do it in a way where it just wasn't seem that they were acquiescing to this perceived outrage? You know what I mean? You well, can only people can only commit for wholeheartedly to things they want to do. Do you get my point there? Yes, but you've just got to make the argument for them, and you know. Yeah. And, and the, what ultimately convinced Dana White was seeing Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate get all this attention and have a great fight. What ultimately convinced Vince McMahon was a Twitter campaign, but also Ronda Rousey doing so well. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, that's the frustrating thing that I guess in Japan they saw, you know, Akira Hakuto drawing crowds of 40,000, you know, um, equaling the sort of stuff that New Japan and All Japan... Well, All Japan weren't trying to draw those kind of crowds at that point. They were stuck with... A, they were sticking with Budokan Hall. But, yeah, I... I, uh, I it makes sense yes. to do it. Um, but also, you know, like, I think the goal should be... I think, like, the WWE's goal should be eventually to get as close as they can to gender parity as like the roster being 50% women, 50% men. And that was the thing that really, that was one of the, I don't know if you listened to when Jim Cornette went off about AEW, but one of the ones that I really disagreed with him about was when he said, you can't have two women's matches following each other. I was like, you would literally never, ever, ever say you can't have two men's matches following each other. Well, no, such a conversation would never occur. So as long as you treat women as novelties, and even yeah. with their whole... You know, it's not even... It can't be that that's the... It can't be that Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair is the only women's match that main events of WrestleMania. There needs no. to be another main event of WrestleMania with with women involved... Within like the next four WrestleManias, really, ideally two or three, but yeah, four you've is got maybe a... being a bit more realistic. Unfortunately, 
you've got to see though where the where the story comes from. I mean, yes. well, let's let's for, let's face it. Without Ronda, it wouldn't have been a WrestleMania main event. But let's also face it. Without Becky Lynch becoming the hottest thing in wrestling, more people would have been annoyed by it than they actually were. It seemed like it was the right choice to be the main event. Oh yeah, no. It was, it was next to no one. You know, you didn't even hear the sexist assholes even saying that much because you knew that Becky Lynch was getting the biggest reactions from the crowd, and you knew that selling Ronda the Rousey, most merch, yeah, having you, the ho- highest rated segments in terms of viewership. Yeah, WWE's managing to screw up all over again. I'm sure you know, just making her one of. She doesn't even seem that special anymore uh, already, especially well, I... if they have a lose to Lacey Evans. Uh, I, I think that's a, yeah. she hasn't yet. Yeah, I think that's more of a endemic thing with WWE in general. Yeah, but yeah. let's not let's not go down that rabbit let's hole. Let's not go down that. Let's, let's there finish. Are, there's, up, let's... Pl- there's plenty of content out there from other people. Yeah, if you want to go down that rabbit so hole, let's go through all of these Joshi matches and see the ones that we would like recommend wholeheartedly okay, to okay. people to check out. I think it's only been AJW. I don't think we had any JWPs or anything like that. No. So there were there were eleven Joshi matches that we ended up covering. The first one was one of the very best matches that we like. I think I would have probably rated it as the best of the first five that we saw. Um, so I would definitely advise people to check that out, which was Jaguar Yukota against Linus Asuka. Okay, if, yeah. If you want to get a sense of just how hot the the crowds were at that time that crush gals era then watch the match between the crush gals yeah because i don't think i've ever heard a more consistently loud crowd i will say uh, saying it's the best of the first five from my perspective doesn't mean much because that had that god-awful uwf match in it yeah but you also you i mean you had the brody hansen funks match yeah in your top 10 for quite a long time so it wasn't even in your top five so Maybe that does say something about you, Simon, that we should pay attention to. <laughs> I don't think uh, I've really brought it up that much. No, have you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just been sort of subtly there underneath the whole time. Of all the words you've used to describe <laughs> the fact, subtle should not even come anywhere near. Uh, yeah, uh, then, then we just had like almost constant Manami Toyota matches actually like eight of the next nine were Manami Toyota involved uh, the only one not being the uh, first of the interpromotional tag matches with uh, Kyuji Suzuki and Mayumi Ozaki against Kyo- against the Inaways. Um so yeah it's just there was an excess at times, but I, like I said, I would give the first Dynamite Kanzai Miyumi Ozaki Manami Toyota Toshio Yamada match that was rated five stars. I think it was the second match in the series. Mm. Um, my own five star rating, and you thought that the Aja Kong Manami Toyota match on June of '95 was worthy of a five star rating as well because they did do yes. that. That's that's one thing that they do do really well. Like outside, like if you want to look at David and Goliath bouts. One's involving like the likes of Aja Kong, and I would assume, from my experience of watching her against the Lundra Blades, Bull Nakano, are probably great ones to check out if you want to see how to do like a like a crowd involving David and Goliath story. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to think that um, some of the more uh, big name Goliaths we've seen over the years have gone to those ladies for inspiration, yeah. and if not, they should. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bull Nakano has long been a cult figure within uh, women's wrestling. 
in the US and, and elsewhere. And Pete Dunne is a huge fan of Joshi Wrestling. Um, and Chikara did some stuff where they brought in uh, several Joshi wrestlers to get involved in their trios tournaments. I think one year it was won by a team of... Um, I can't remember if they were Gaia or Stardom or... or Akira Hakutsu might have been in that team, actually. Um, so yeah, Just still stuff... like holding a neck together with duct tape and prayer. If you've never watched Joshi before, there's plenty of stuff out there. And there's plenty of material online of recommendations beyond just Dave Meltzer's five-star ratings. Yeah. Um, and do it, man. If you if you are someone that still doubts that women are physically capable of doing certain things in wrestling, then shut your mouth. Go out and talk to people once in a while. Don't just engage <laughs> socially. Yeah, don't just go. Your your social engagement should not be some of the Reddit forums that give Reddit a bad name. And watch some of these Joshi matches. Um. I don't really have much left to say about this now. What I will say as well is when you do watch those Josie matches, a lot of the moves you're seeing now from some of yeah. like your favourite stars, you'll see where they came from. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the line that we keep quoting from um, uh, Jim Smallman, that pretty much every wrestling move you love uh, was uh, invented by a 19-year-old 100-pound Japanese girl. Yeah. <laughs> and these matches will be the ones that uh, show it to you. But anyway, we're back in All Japan, but it's All Japan male wrestling. Simon breathing a huge sigh of relief there. Well, that's because it's that's because it involves uh, one of well, one of the wrestlers, several of the wrestlers I've grown to love. Um, it's uh, Misaru uh, Mitsuharu Misawa and his uh, new partner Yun Akiyama versus um, Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe. What's not to love about that? Well, Simon's decided he's going to try and steal my job, is he? Uh, That's fine. Gender parity and all that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to know what Simon identifies as. But anyway, (laughs) if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, and find out exactly what you identify as, how can they do so? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of matches, Josie matches in total, were given a five star rating by us combined. You two, me one. No, I only gave one Josie match five stars. Ah, I thought you gave your coat a five stars. No, I came close to, but I didn't. Damn it. That ruined my nice smooth flow. <clears throat> Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter where I'm so, so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times I had to rewind the first few seconds of this match because that fucking camera angle made it so hard to tell what was going on. <laughs> Very good. My name's Lorcan Munnell. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for all sexes are equal. N for hashtag no more Simon speeches. <laughs> you know what if this is the level that you're going to come at me with I'm not that bothered <laughs> A for Akira, Akira Hakutu and N for the N in Manami Toyota and uh, yeah if you want to get in touch with the show it's lmtyspod at gmail.com but until then my name's Lorcan Mullen my name's Simon Cross thank you for letting us tell you something have a five star time Until the next time.